1: coffee time <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh along with our intro music I also needed an intro for my caribou coffee mm.
0: that's fair caribou coffee does deserve its own jingle it really I wonder if it does. has one
1: I wonder if- do we should contact them and see
0: <laughs> can can you sing what what was the little boop-a-doop-boop-boop boop, boop, boop thing you just did
1: boop a doop boop a boop. nope that wasn't it because that was just uh that was just mario brothers
0: come and get your caraboo coffee i think that's copyright i don't know be careful be careful
1: don't go over 10 seconds they're gonna sue us
0: no, it's cool. I didn't do it well enough for anyone to recognize it.
1: Uh, I don't know about that, baby. The first one I did was definitely not Super Mario Brothers. But yeah, yeah see, I can only when my spontaneous songs happen, they happen like and then they cannot be repeated. They,
0: they happen in the moment and then they all turn immediately into video game music.
1: I mean, that is my childhood. So that makes sense. <laughs> all, all of the stupid songs and like dumb things I have from the 80s and 90s in my head, I could be a freaking genius if I could just suck those things out and make room for useful information, but...
0: Or... You just need to become a parody genius. Use that 80s and 90s garbage that's in your brain and just spin it into nostalgic parody for so other people So I just people become Weird age. Al
1: Yankovic or my friend who tours on cruise ships as a comedian and she rewrites like 90s songs into like sex songs.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. I okay. like that. All right. Can you do the theme to The Legend of Zelda? Oh, no. But as a sex song.
1: Um... <laughs> no, I can't.
0: <laughs> That's fair.
1: <laughs> um, I I bet she could, and if you give me like two hours, I probably could. Yes. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, to well, how about uh, maybe for for next episode, we'll see if you can have something ready for us. Okay. <laughs> a a Zelda theme. Yeah. Let's sex add romp. that.
1: Let's add that to the multitudes of music I am trying to learn right now. <laughs> I I actually just got. Um, I hadn't checked my WhatsApp all day because that's how we communicate on the ship. and my my upcoming vocal co- captain slash show captain or whatever for Broadway cabaret has just sent me a ton of tracks with just my track plucked out. And I'm so hey, that's excited. Awesome. He has that's a, great. yeah. he has a app on his like computer that he was able to put the music in and then highlight like tracks and it plucks them out. So and now I have at least a few um, tracks that are just my tracks so I can flush out Soprano 1, Soprano 2 and pump in Alto 1, Alto 2.
0: <laughs> Start learning all your new stuff. Yeah.
1: My brain's going to explode.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. Actually,
1: when this episode comes out, I'll already be on the ship because so,
0: yeah, we're recording so, in advance. So. Hey, listener. Um, Hello from the past. I am assuming that this episode finds everyone healthy and well, but because we are recording so early, it is also possible that between the time we recorded and the time you are listening to this, the sun has exploded, so you're not actually listening to this.
1: Um, wow. That actually kind of goes with the theme today in a way, I guess. <laughs>
0: oh, an exploding sun? Uh,
1: mm, mm. No, because I don't know what the story is about, but uh, it sounds like something the author might write. <laughs>
0: oh. All right. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. I do have a, a moment of actual, um, like, real tragedy that I feel like I need to address.
1: Real tragedy? Yeah, we're really real good. Real tragedy here.
0: <laughs> that I feel like I need to address. Uh, it has recently come out in the news that the Choco Taco is being discontinued.
1: I know. That's some bullshit, man. Like, uh, so I woke up yesterday and like all of my feed, all of my Facebook, all of my Instagram was all about people. <laughs> like, choco taco. No. And I'm like, wow. Well, wow. I mean, yes. Depressing. I was also yeah, like, it's sad. I also feel like I'm partially responsible because I don't think I've had a choco taco in like a decade. I used to love. I used to eat them all the time. I
0: had a choco taco last week.
1: Seriously? They
0: sell them at the Dollar General that's like a three-minute walk from this apartment.
1: Oh, that's... I had a Choco
0: Taco last week. I was looking at grabbing a... um, uh, a drumstick, one of those yep. those all-in-one ice cream cones. Yeah. But they had choco tacos right there. I was like, no, I'm going to get a choco taco. Yeah, I f- uh, and then yeah, a couple of days ago, I saw the news come out that they're discontinuing it. Although some people claim that is it is a publicity stunt that they are discontinuing it to try to jack up sales.
1: That makes sense to me. I mean, it's kind of like what. Or maybe they're going to do like limited editions of it or something like, like
0: (laughs) get your limited edition Choco Taco.
1: Like, like seriously, kind of the way like McDonald's does the McRib. They're like, it's only here for this six weeks. And like now Choco Taco can be like Choco Taco September edition or something. I don't know.
0: Uh, I also I I also want to point out this this piece of news. Uh, This comes from The Guardian. Okay. Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut announced that he was introducing legislation to invoke the Defense Production Act to mandate the continued manufacture of Choco Tacos.
1: Um, cool. <laughs> um, I have some other pressing issues that our congressmen and senators might want to be looking at right now. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess I don't I've never heard of this guy. So maybe this is his platform. <laughs> This is what he will run on forever.
0: Also, the founder of Reddit offered to buy the rights to Choco Taco from the owner in order to keep it alive.
1: See, see, now that's what that's what the Choco Taco people are doing. They're like, if we threaten to get rid of it, someone with lots of money will buy it, we'll, and then we'll
0: buy it from us. Yeah. Not
1: only will they not have to be in charge of a company anymore, but then they'll be rich and they can go live their life in Choco Taco Dreamland. I, like, yeah. Yay, Choco Taco. I, I have a feeling that is this is not the end of the Choco Taco.
0: No, probably not. I mean,
1: honestly, I'm surprised Taco Bell hasn't just bought the, like,
0: bought the Choco because Taco. Because
1: isn't Choco Taco one of their uh, desserts? Is it?
0: I don't know. I, I feel, haven't been inside oh, of Taco Bell in ages. That
1: might be Taco John's. It's one of, the, like, the taco, like, companies has choco tacos as like that's their dessert like that's what you buy so maybe maybe it's maybe it's taco john's but yeah i they should somebody should should buy them
0: they should i've been hitting del taco with disturbing regularity these last few weeks and
1: i'm sure your your uh your uh, intestines find it disturbing as well (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah. So uh, on on that uh, on that vein, there is one other brief thing that I wanted to talk about before okay. we get to what we really do. Okay. Um, did Did you know that there is a word? For the small amount of food and or beverage that you leave behind on like the dregs of a drink or like the little bit of sauce and a couple of refried beans that you leave on a plate, there is a word for that, that little bit of leftovers. I
1: I did not know that. Please do inform me.
0: The word is titty nope.
1: Like titty nope.
0: (laughs) It is spelled T-I-T-T-Y-N-O-P-E. Titty
1: nope. I hate the English language,
0: man. <laughs> what, what? And it comes, it, it comes from, like, it comes down from in Old English when the word for, like, a tiny little bit was a tittle. Okay. And it's, it's it, I guess it's like a tittle that you decided, nope, nope. I'm not going to eat it. So it's the titty nope.
1: Oh man! <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to use that when I'm out to dinner at a fancy place. Some point yep. soon. <laughs> Sometime on the ship, I'll just be like, when they come to take my plate, I'll be you, like, "You can take you the can plate. Take this my is my just titty the nopes. titty nope. You can take my titty nope."s Now that is a dangerous thing to say on a ship <laughs> because uh, there's about five percent women to ninety five percent men, and they're, you're just gonna you're gonna get them excited for something.
0: Yep. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like
1: the weenus. You can yeah. touch my weenus, but now you can take my titty nope.
0: You can take my titty nope.
1: <laughs> Good lord. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Where the fuck did you hear that?
0: <laughs> uh, I just decided I thought it would be fun to introduce a strange and unexpected new word of the day. Every once in a while, it I seems appropriate for the show. so I think I it's was fun. Like, All right.
1: I, 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 looked, first... I looked
0: for weird words and titty nope came All up. All
1: right. Our first word of the day. <laughs> From Campfire Classics. Titty nope.
0: <laughs> so, hey, listener, your mission, whether you choose to accept it or not. And you should. Is to use titty nope in a sentence this week and email us at 5050artsproduction at com, or shoot us a message on any of the Campfire Classics social media and let us know how you used it and what the response was.
1: Yeah, I mainly want to know the response. <laughs> yeah. Because like, yeah, I I, I can imagine a lot of responses. Yep. (laughs) I'm definitely going to try and use it when I'm back in uh, November at like family Thanksgiving or something.
0: Yes. (laughs) Hey, grandma, can you take my titty nopes?
1: (laughs) My grandma would be like, you have plenty of titty nopes. You got them for me, Heather. (laughs) That's what my, you know, my grandma, she would say that. (laughs) We always joke that I got my boobs from my dad because my boob size is definitely from my dad's side of the family, family. but I got my boobs from my dad. Uh, Yes.
0: So on that note- What do we um, actually
1: do other than talk about weird, freaky words? I mean, that is part of what we do. That's
0: pretty much what we do, actually. So here at Campfire Classics, every week we take turns cold reading short stories that we have found out of the public domain- And uh, you get to hear us struggle through them as we try to read these old ass stories sight unseen. We look up words that we don't understand. We laugh at phrasing that doesn't make any sense. And we make penis jokes out of, well, pretty much anything. (laughs) This week, Heather has chosen a story for me to read, as you heard her hint at earlier. I have no idea what it's about, and she has only a passing clue. But before we jump into reading that story, she's going to give us a few fun facts to set the tone.
1: So uh, we were talking about an exploding sun, uh, and this is something this author might write. So uh, our author this week is someone we have used covered before. And uh, do you have any guesses based on that clue?
0: H.G. Wells.
1: No, close. It's H.P. Lovecraft.
0: Oh, all right. Cool, cool, cool.
1: Very, yeah, I mean, they both are very sci-fi, like dystopian kind yep. of, yep, very writers. So we, we're we hitting up H.P. Lovecraft, and if you want to cool. hear about Mr. Lovecraft, you can look in the show notes, and we'll put uh, what other episodes we've actually talked about him, because I'm not yeah. going to talk about him right now. No, we've
0: talked about him a few times.
1: We've talked about him a few times, so what I'm going to do, because by popular demand— Uh, the, the story this week, I'm going to tell you the story and then the fun facts will be based on the title of what I think the story is going to be about, which I'm kind of digging.
0: You've (laughs) done that a couple of times now.
1: I kind of like it because we're, we're hitting to the point where like we've done a lot of these authors. So we have to find another way without doing any research into the story. Okay. Do fun facts. So the title of the story is the music of Eric Zahn.
0: So it's a musical about Steve Zahn's dad.
1: <laughs> I I hope so. Um, let's hope that's what it is. But because it went over so well a few weeks ago, I have decided to do haunted musical
0: instruments. Oh crap! <laughs> I have a guitar like ten feet away from me.
1: The first one is about an acoustic guitar, so uh, <laughs> it's okay. Yours isn't haunted. I, I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure it's I don't
0: not. No, I inherited it from my dead dad. There's a decent chance.
1: Well, so. Okay. So here's the story. (laughs) And I think this is actually sold. This is a past story. um, And I did find the person who bought it and like ghost hunters tried to buy this. Like all these people like, you know, the, the original price listed was $666. (laughs) Naturally. Cause why not? So it's, it's the history of the guitar. That's like kind of creepy. So, uh, I'm going to give you the 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 lowdown of this. It's an acoustic guitar. I have a picture of it that I can put we can put a link in the um the show notes for. Yeah. so it looks like a regular gut- acoustic guitar. The picture he has posted is under a garage door with the number thirteen because you got to know your customer. Uh, sure. <laughs> so this is apparently the story of this guitar is. The person that was selling it said he learned that the original owner was born in June of 1966. <laughs> six, 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 six. Six, six, six. And his mother uh, was a pagan and, like, Wiccan, like, was basically everyone in the neighborhood, like, knew that this this was the house that was up to no good. And, you know, in the okay. 60s, everyone talked about everyone because there was nothing else to do. I mean, like, <laughs> So, he died tragically on Halloween in 19, okay. 1970. This all sounds very plausible, yes? Yeah. Um, but it's a good story, no matter what. He died, uh, so he was only 13 years old when he died. I was going to say,
0: he died, like, yeah, in 66 and died in the 70s?
1: Yes. So his, and he was
0: the original owner?
1: Yeah. So, his mom had gotten in the guitar, and he, like, liked playing guitar. So, this, he was... The death was never solved. The child was found, or 13-year-old was found, lying on his bed with the guitar draped across him, electrocuted, even though it's an acoustic guitar.
0: No, 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 no.
1: Yep. So, additionally, when the corpse was discovered, which he had been like, it was like the next day... A forty-five record of "Don't Fear the Reaper" was playing. Oh
0: Jesus, come on!
1: <laughs> I can't make this up. Somebody else did. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, okay. yep. Yeah, so there's no model name. There's no like like the 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 um. Uh, barcode or whatever has like been scratched off. It's like, there's like, it's this very mystery. Like no one knows what it is. Um, but apparently, uh, the guy that inherited this guitar, he like got it at a, like a, uh, uh garage sale. Um, cause he grew up on this street. This is how he okay. like inherited this guitar. Sure, um, he looked
0: across the street one night on <laughs> Halloween in 1979 and watched lightning strike this kid's room and went, ha-ha, your guitar is mine it's now, mine bitch. It's now.
1: Well, apparently the guitar didn't go on sale till mom was out of the picture in some way, whether she sold it and left or, like, she passed away. Um, but he claims that there's, like, that the boy or somebody inherits the guitar because it'll be sitting, like, in his closet or, like, in it, on its stand and it will just start you'll hear chords playing Aww. also, once the guitar just randomly levitated and then like fell to the ground. <laughs> so if you're interested in finding that guitar, you can look up the story. um like you just google haunted guitar six six six, and it'll show up <laughs> um. <laughs> I but, actually
0: just haunted. I actually just googled haunted acoustic guitar, and the first thing to come up was the Taylor Swift song "Haunted."
1: Oh no, fuck! Well, that is demonic. <laughs> that is indeed demonic. So <laughs>
0: nearly, nearly as scary as anything in this story.
1: Nearly as scary. So then my other one. I I was looking at other haunted instruments, and I was like, this one's just fucking weird. So this is just like another like weird musical instrument story, but it's creepy. So this guy named, so that, that story's done. So this is the other story that I've pulled. A I want to know what happened to that
0: kid, though.
1: It's never been solved. Sorry, baby. Like,
0: like, did he lick the the light switch or something?
1: I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. It was an acoustic guitar. So, like, I know it's it's a little weird. He decided weird. he
0: wanted an electric, so he tried to stick the headstock into the outlet.
1: Maybe. <laughs> Either way, he, uh, that guitar is haunted as shit and demonic. <laughs> it's
0: haunted, but there's also now an unsolved mystery, and that makes me like angry.
1: <laughs> well, that is now your mission in life is to solve this 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 child this uh this, solve this
0: child's murder,
1: this thirteen year old's murder. Yes,
0: you <laughs> got all worked up. Well, not up, murder. It's Don't not Fear really a murder. It's a stuck death. his dick in a toaster or something. <laughs>
1: Why does he have a toaster in his room and why is he holding his guitar he while he's playing with his dick?
0: <laughs> why did he get electrocuted playing an acoustic guitar? I because don't know. Because
1: the demon possesses that guitar, I think. There's a demon in the guitar. I think that's what they're implying at
0: least. It's a lightning demon?
1: Lightning demon. Da 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 da, da lightning demon.
0: <laughs> this is proof that rock and roll is of the devil.
1: Exactly. Well, that's <laughs> Yeah,
0: he should have um, just been sticking to like Johnny Cash and Chris Kristofferson. So, and- just
1: so you know, this this guitar was listed in Ohio, and the the article I was reading that got it uh, was like, well, apparently uh, the the demon missed the memo that you have to go down to Georgia. <laughs> I went boo. Uh, <laughs> okay, so this other story is just interesting and a little dark. Okay. So this guy named Prince Midnight—that is his name. Prince Midnight. Again, I can't make this shit up. <laughs>
0: Prince Midnight, the producer for Blue Oyster Cult.
1: <laughs> right. He constructed... Just trying to connect the story. <laughs> he constructed, and you might be, uh, if I if I pronounce this right, a Phil, Philip Skellicaster.
0: It's like Philip a... Philip Skellicaster? Yes. Ah.
1: It's a working guitar. He, like, built his own guitar Okay. Made from his dead uncle's skeleton.
0: Okay. So it's a Telecaster made from the skeleton of Uncle Philip. So it's a Philip Skelecaster. All right. Cool. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. That's horrible.
1: His name is Philip. The uncle's name is Philip. So the article explains, so like the one I was reading, that uh, this actually like isn't as, I mean, it is creepy, but it's not as creepy as it sounds. So
0: yes, it is. (laughs) It his 100% un- is.
1: <laughs> his uncle, like, when he died, uh, he had requested to be donated to science. And that's what he, they did. He, they donated his body to the, like, local university and or medical center or whatever. Sure. I'm guessing
0: he meant for medical research, not for scientific engineering of a fucked up guitar.
1: No, no, no. It, no, it's, it's way more low budget than that. So, uh... So he was donated to, uh, this, uh, this medical education center. Okay. Um, 20 years later, the medical center contacted the family and they still had the skeleton and they wanted to offer it back to the family if they wanted to do some sort of funeral or like, you know, they had used everything and like, like apparently that's whatever this center does. Like if there is remains, they want to offer it back in case. So. They're, they were a Greek Orthodox family, so they don't believe in cremation. And at this okay. point, there's just a box of bones. <laughs> so the the, the like uh, uh, the nephew did not know what to do with it. And so he decided his, his uh, uncle loved music. And he was a uh, musician himself. And he decided the best way to pay tribute to his uncle Philip was to make a fucking guitar out of his bones. <laughs> So there is a picture. Um, I think the best part of this is he went into... So his uncle got him into heavy metal and stuff. So there is, like, this is a... In a way, he thinks this is a great tribute. Um, He went into a guitar, like, into a shop and was like, hey, guys, can you help me out? And they're like, fuck off, man. (laughs) This is a guitar
0: center, you fucking weirdo. Try Sam Ash.
1: So he went home and he, like spent time and figured it out. And he says it plays perfectly. It sounds awesome. Um, He shared a video of himself to prove this uh, playing Dark Throne, the song Dark Throne on his uncle's bones. I also have a picture of that that we can absolutely uh, include in the show notes. It is fucking weird.
0: <laughs> hey, dear listener, I would like to remind you that right at the beginning of this story, we got the note that it's okay. It's not as creepy as it sounds.
1: <laughs> well, it, in a way, it's like he's trying to like pay tribute to his uncle who got him into like heavy metal and like, Sure. what else Lovely. are you going to do with a bunch so, of bones?
0: <laughs> <clears throat> so Uncle Philip dies. And for 20 years, the local medical school runs experiments on his body. <laughs> And then they're like, well, we've we've fucked this guy up as much as we possibly can. Here you go. Take his bones.
1: (laughs) You want to see it?
0: And then he turns it into a guitar. That is so much worse than I thought it was going to be. The pelvis bone is involved. (laughs) That is so much worse than I thought it was going to be.
1: Wait, there's a video, though. I want to play it. I haven't listened yet. Ah, it's terrifying. Okay.
0: I am upset by this (laughs) story. Well, good.
1: Good. Now you can read a story.
0: (laughs) I'm upset by everything that just happened. You're welcome.
1: (laughs) I love how upset you get about haunted, creepy things. I'm like, woo! It's not.
0: It's not. You don't, like. (laughs) Ah. Well, all I have to say
1: is you're not reading the story of Prince Moonshine or whatever his
0: name is. Prince Moonshine. Prin-
1: Prince Midnight. Prince Midnight. Uh, you are reading uh, the HP Lovecraft story, "The Music of Eric Zahn." So uh, I think we should try that and see if there are any uh, um, haunted and guitars and or skeleton guitars involved.
0: All right, fine. <laughs> Let's start the fire. Start or the whatever. fire. The Music of Eric Zahn by H. P. Lovecraft I have examined maps of the city with the greatest care, yet have never again found Rue d'Ocile. These maps have not been modern maps alone, for I know that names change. I have, on the contrary, delved deeply into all the antiquities of the place, and have personally explored every region of whatever name which could possibly answer to the street I knew as the Rue d'Ocile.
1: Okay, this is weird, because today I was driving through Iowa City, I was running errands, and there used to be a town, or there used to be a street, entitled BJsville. <laughs> and it was, like, it was famous. Like, people would come and take pictures with it and all this stuff. And like,
0: Naturally, yeah.
1: It's no longer called BJ'sville.
0: Oh, what is it now?
1: It's something boring. It's like, it It, it was like, you know, like, Lakeshore Drive or something. I don't remember. Like I was like, I'm this is fucking bullshit.
0: <laughs> the people who live there got tired of... Uh, everyone's stopping to take pictures of their street sign, and you know, teenagers coming and parking their car there late at night and then crawling into the back seat.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think it's some bullshit, and it will live in the ether of my mind forever. Anyway, continue.
0: Despite all I have done, it remains an humiliating fact that I cannot find the house, the street, or even the locality where, during the last months of my impoverished life as a student of metaphysics at the university, I heard the music of Eric Zahn.
1: Boom, boom, (laughs) boom. Good opening. Yeah.
0: That my memory is broken, I do not wonder, for my health, physical and mental, was gravely disturbed throughout the period of my residence in the Rue d'Ocile. You must
1: have been in grad school. And I
0: recall that I took none of my few acquaintances there, But that I cannot find the place again is both singular and perplexing, for it was within a half an hour's walk of the university and was distinguished by peculiarities which could hardly be forgotten by anyone who had been there. I have never met a person who has seen the Rue d'Ocile.
1: This is like the burger place in How I Met Your Mother. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the green door burger joint that Marshall and uh, Regis Philbin swear, swear is a real place and no one can find it. It's like, no, I swear it was like 30 minutes from my house. I was walking this way. It does now. Where is it? It was a
0: numbered street.
1: Yes, it was in New York.
0: The Rue du lay across a dark river bordered by precipitous brick, blear-windowed warehouses and spanned by a ponderous bridge of dark stone. It was always shadowy along that river as if the smoke of neighboring factories shut out the sun perpetually.
1: So it's a cheap, cheap place to live.
0: <laughs> cheap place to live. Moody place to live.
1: This sounds like a place that shit would go down.
0: (laughs) Good for hauntings.
1: Good for scary.
0: The river was also odorous with evil stenches which I have never smelled elsewhere and which may someday help me to find it since I should recognize them at once. Beyond the bridge were narrow cobbled streets with rails and then came the ascent, at first gradual, but incredibly steep, as the Rue d'Ossil was reached.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it stinks, it's dark, and it's uphill. Yep. Wow, they found this, like, this was definitely on, like, Sublet. This was a com. Craigslist
0: find. Yeah. This was a Craigslist find.
1: <laughs> and the and the pictures were not of the actual place. Nope. <laughs> nope. Lots of
0: close-ups of, like, the faucet. Yeah. <laughs>
1: the one thing that had been remodeled in the entire yeah. apartment we have a brand new claw tub bathtub <laughs> Just claw foot bathtub that's what i meant claw tub bathtub is a weird That's doesn't claw make tub sense
0: bathtub. claw tub bathtub it is a bathtub in the shape of a giant like eagle's claw <laughs> and so that's you're terrifying. sitting in a bowl Held by talons.
1: You know that exists somewhere. I hope so.
0: I want to buy one. <laughs> I'm on Google. So long as it's not made out of <laughs> Uncle Phil's bones, I'm fine.
1: <laughs> what if it's like Aunt Charisse's?
0: <laughs> I never liked Aunt Charice anyway.
1: <laughs> what a bitch she was.
0: I have never seen another street as narrow and steep as the Rue d'Ocile. It was almost a cliff. Closed to all vehicles, consisting of several places of flights of steps, and ending at the top in a lofty ivied wall. Its paving was irregular, sometimes stone slabs, sometimes cobblestones, and sometimes bare earth with struggling greenish-gray vegetation. The houses were tall, peaked-roofed, incredibly old, and crazily leaning backward, forward, and sideways. Occasionally, an opposite pair, both leaning forward, almost met across the street like an arch, and certainly they kept most of the light from the ground below. There were a few overhead bridges from house to house across the street. The inhabitants of that street impressed me peculiarly. At first, I thought it was because they were all silent and reticent, but later decided it was because they were all very old.
1: (laughs) He lived in a retirement community. (laughs) It's
0: a fucked up retirement community. It's all staircases and uneven paving? That's rude. In the shadow. And it smells bad. it smells
1: like shit.
0: (laughs) I do not... (laughs)
1: I just had a very vivid picture of grossness.
0: <laughs> I do not know how I came to live on such a street, but I was not myself when I moved there. I had been living in many poor places, always evicted for want of money, until at last I came upon that tottering house in the Rue d'Ocile, kept by the paralytic Blandot. It was the third house from the top of the street and by far the tallest of them all.
1: I love that he's like I kept getting evicted, you know, cuz I didn't pay my rent
0: cuz you know, <laughs> he, fell behind on bills.
1: He, he just straight up said it. He's like, yeah, I didn't I didn't pay.
0: <laughs> well, and I mean, I guess if you're going to get evicted My room was on the fifth story, the only inhabited room there since the house was almost empty. On the night I arrived, I heard strange music from the peaked garret overhead. And the next day, I asked old Blando about it. He told me it was an old German viol player. A strange, dumb man who signed his name as Eric Zahn. Oh, boy, we played... met Eric
1: Zahn! Oh. What? <laughs> we finally know Eric Zahn's, uh, who, who he is. Okay.
0: Yeah, some dumb old German violin <laughs> player.
1: And I'm assuming that means he doesn't speak and not like he's a dumb German guy that plays <laughs> like,
0: It Could be both.
1: I mean, maybe he will be. Maybe he's also an idiot, but. <clears throat> uh,
0: he told me it was an old German viol player, a strange dumb man who signed his name as Eric Zahn and who played evenings in a cheap theater orchestra. Adding that Zahn's desire to play in the night after his return from the theater was the reason he had chosen this lofty and isolated garret room, whose single gable window was the only point on the street from which one could look over the terminating wall at the declivity and panorama beyond. Yeah. Declivity?
1: Declivity? That's a fun... Look that one up. I am. <laughs> Declivity, a downward slope. Oh,
0: so. Oh, the decline.
1: The decline. So it's like down the hill into the panorama view. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Decline, declivity. All right. Yeah. Look at that. It's formal. It's a formal noun.
0: <laughs> Fair.
1: Not an informal, it's a formal.
0: So, uh, that was the reason he picked that room, whose single gable window was the only point on the street from which one could look over the terminating wall at the declivity and panorama beyond.
1: I mean, that is really creepy. Like, there's just a guy standing in a window at the top of this hill in this house that's falling the fuck over. It smells like shit, and he's playing, like, at two in the morning, viola music. (laughs) Like, like, ew. Ew. (laughs)
0: It is less upsetting than that fucking ribcage guitar.
1: <laughs> hey, we don't know what this viola is made out of yet. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> we, we don't. And if it turns out that he made his viola out of his mom's pelvis, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> but otherwise... <laughs> Thereafter, I heard Zahn every night. And although he kept me awake, I was haunted by the weirdness of his music. Knowing little of the art myself, I was yet certain that none of his harmonies had any relation to music I had heard before and concluded that he was a composer of highly original genius. Free
1: jazz. He was playing free jazz. He was
0: playing free jazz. He's fucking Come fucked. on, dude. Come on, dude. Don't <laughs> you even jazz.
1: I can play free jazz, people. It's just hitting <laughs> notes. I hate it. You can't convince me otherwise. It's not music. The longer
0: I listened the more I was fascinated, until after a week I resolved to make the old man's acquaintance. One night, as he was returning from his work, I intercepted Zahn in the hallway and told him that I would like to know him and be with him when he played. He was a small, lean, bent person with shabby clothes, blue eyes, grotesque, satyr-like face and nearly bald head, and at my first words seemed both angered and frightened. My obvious friendliness, however, finally melted him, and he grudgingly motioned me to follow him up the dark, creaking, and rickety attic stairs.
1: (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Oh, my God. You go up, and you're like, I really like your music, bro, and he just, like, stares at you, and he's, like, basically going to topple over, and he looks like he's possessed by, like, maggots, and he's, like, and he doesn't speak. Possessed
0: by maggots? <laughs> I don't know. That's why his playing is so weird. He's not actually a person. He's just a thousand maggots standing on each other's shoulders in I a mean, trench coat. The
1: way he was just described. <laughs>
0: His room, one of only two in the steeply pitched garret, was on the west side toward the high wall that formed the upper end of the street. Its size was very great and seemed the greater because of its extraordinary barrenness and neglect <laughs> of furniture. <there> w- <laughs> I don't
1: know why I like... <laughs> I know he's talking about the room, but barren his size, and neglected vagina. No, his size was very great, and uh, but in a barrenness and neglect. That's that's too bad.
0: Oh, <laughs> it seemed it seemed greater because it was barren. He'd lost all his pubes, and <laughs> so it.
1: Well, it's not, he they, he did say he was balding. Yes. He was
0: bald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and they say if you trim that back, the rest looks bigger. <laughs>
1: If you're not hiding some of it behind shrubbery, yes.
0: Of furniture, there was only a narrow iron bedstead, a dingy washstand, a small table, a large bookcase, an iron music rack, and three old-fashioned chairs. Sheets of music were piled in disorder about the floor. Evidently, Eric Zahn's world of beauty lay in some far cosmos of the imagination. Why does this guy need three chairs?
1: I know. He has... He's just him, and he doesn't talk to anybody. Yep. Ew.
0: (laughs) Motioning me to sit down, the dumb man closed the door, turned the large wooden bolt, and lighted a candle to augment the one he had brought with him. He then removed his viol from its moth-eaten covering and, taking it seated himself in the least uncomfortable of the chairs he did not employ the music rack but offering no choice and playing from memory enchanted me for over an hour with strains i had never heard before strains which must have been of his own devising to describe their exact nature is impossible for one unversed in music they were a kind of few with recurrent passage of the most captivating quality, but to me were notable for the absence of any of the weird notes I had overheard from my room below on other occasions.
1: Oh no He's there so the the ghost violinists can't play with him that sit in the other two
0: chairs. <laughs> Oh, are those chairs actually going to end up being important? I I wasn't prepared to have guessed that.
1: I don't know, but apparently what he's hearing is not what he hears when he's in his room, so something's missing.
0: Something's (laughs) different. Those haunting notes I had remembered and had often hummed and whistled inaccurately to myself, so when the player at length laid down his bow, I asked him if he would render some of them. As I began my request, the wrinkled, satire-like face lost the bored plasticity it had possessed during the playing, and seemed to show the same curious mixture of anger and fright which I had noticed when I first accosted the old man. For a moment, I was inclined to use persuasion regarding rather lightly the whims of senility, and even tried to awaken my host's weirder mood by whistling a few of the strains to which I had listened the night before.
1: Oh, this, ew, is creeping me out.
0: But I did not pursue this course for more than a moment, for when the dumb musician recognized the whistled air, his face grew suddenly distorted with an expression wholly beyond analysis, and his long, cold, bony right hand reached out to stop my mouth and silence the crude imitation.
1: Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Is this why no one talks this Oh, God, this
0: is gross. As he did this... He further demonstrated his eccentricity by casting a startled glance toward the lone curtained window as if fearful of some intruder. The glance, doubly absurd since the garret stood high and inaccessible above all the adjacent roofs. This window being the only point on the steep street, as the concierge had told me, from which one could see over the wall at the summit.
1: Oh my god, oh my god, this is that kid, he's gonna get electrocuted and... (laughs) The demon's gonna fly in the window because he's singing the demon song. (laughs) We're gonna finally we're gonna dis- we're gonna we're gonna uh we're gonna this find is, out the mystery.
0: This is gonna link all of the mysteries because his violin is made out of mom's pelvis and yes. he's gonna get electrocuted by a demon who sticks his dick in a toaster.
1: <laughs> but there's not a toaster in this room. Where will it come from?
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's a demon. <laughs> we'll bring it with him. <laughs> Sometimes a demon just wants some toast.
1: I, now I'm just seeing a demon like flying in through a window holding a toaster. <laughs>
0: It's a demon door-to-door salesman, and he goes around selling kitchen utensils.
1: Oh, (laughs) toasters are one of the most portable ones, yes. Yeah. That's that's fair. All right. It's like, knock, knock. Who's there? Demon with a toaster. Demon Demon with a toaster toaster who? who? You're dead.
0: (laughs) Sounds like one of the knock-knock jokes I made up when I was three.
1: That is about where my uh, my brain stopped maturing. I'm pretty sure.
0: When you were three? <laughs> your language skills were really good at yep. a very early age.
1: <laughs> I said fuck a lot. <laughs>
0: The old man's glance brought Blandot's remark to my mind, and with a certain capriciousness I felt a wish to look out over the wide and dizzying panorama of moonlit roofs and city lights beyond the hilltop, which of all the dwellers in the rue Docile only this crabbed musician could see. I moved toward the window and would have drawn aside the nondescript curtains when, with a frightened rage even greater than before, the dumb lodger was upon me again, this time motioning with his head toward the door as he nervously strove to drag me thither with both hands. Now thoroughly disgusted with my host, I ordered him to release me and told him I would go at once. His clutch relaxed and as he saw my disgust and offense, his own anger seemed to subside. He tightened his relaxing grip, but this time in a friendly manner, forcing me into a chair, then with an appearance of wistfulness, crossing to the littered table, where he wrote many words with a pencil in the labored French of a foreigner.
1: Oh no...
0: The note which he finally handed me was an appeal for tolerance and forgiveness. Zahn said that he was old, lonely, and afflicted with strange fears and nervous disorders connected with his music and with other things.
1: Other things. (laughs)
0: He had enjoyed my listening to his music and wished I could come again and not mind his eccentricities, but he could not play to another his weird harmonies. He could not bear hearing them from another, nor could he bear having anything in his room touched by another. He had not known until our hallway conversation that I could overhear his playing in my room and now asked me if I would arrange with Blando to take a lower room where I could not hear him in the night. He would defray the difference in rent.
1: Oh my God, like serious performance anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, wow.
0: (laughs) As I sat deciphering the... Execrable?
1: Ooh. Is an adjective extremely bad or unpleasant. The
0: Well, that makes sense. Yes.
1: The uh the example given is except acceptra- execrable cheap wine.
0: <laughs> As I sat deciphering the execrable French, I felt more lenient toward the old man. So when I had finished reading, I shook my host by the hand and departed. As a friend. The next day, Blandow gave me a more expensive room on the third floor. There was no one on the fourth floor. It was not long before I found that Zon's eagerness for my company was not as great as it had seemed while he was persuading me to move down from the fifth story.
1: You think? He just wanted to get you the fuck out of his apartment and he wanted you to not be near him. So. Yeah.
0: He did not ask me to call on him, and when I did call, he appeared uneasy and played listlessly. This was always at night. In the day, he slept and would admit no one. He's
1: a vampire. He's a vampire.
0: My liking for him did not grow, though the attic room and the weird music seemed to hold an odd fascination for me. I had a curious desire to look out of that window over the wall and down the unseen slope. What I did succeed in doing was to overhear the nocturnal playing of the dumb old man. At first, I would tiptoe up to my old fifth floor. Then I grew bold enough to climb the last creaking case to the peaked garret. There, in the narrow hall outside the bolted door with the covered keyhole, I often heard sounds which filled me with an indefinable dread. The dread of vague wonder and brooding mystery. It was not that the sounds were hideous, for they were not, but that they held vibrations suggesting nothing on this globe of Earth, and that at certain intervals they assumed a symphonic quality which I could hardly conceive as produced by one player.
1: There are definitely more people in there, in those chairs, this guy is a vampire or an alien or a demon or something. <laughs> he's a little weird, and uh, yeah, I'm just ew, ew. Like, I I, th- I find it fascinating that he's like super into this like fucking disturbing music. Like he's like it makes me feel sick, but I can't stop listening to it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that sounds like a Lovecraft character.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, yes, but, like, that also makes it so creepy. <laughs> like, it's like, ugh.
0: Then, one night, as I listened at the door, I heard the shrieking viol swell into a chaotic babble of sound. A pandemonium, which would have led me to doubt my own shaking sanity had there not come from behind that barred portal a piteous proof that the horror was real, the awful, inarticulate cry which only a mute can utter, and which rises only in moments of the most terrible fear or anguish. I knocked repeatedly at the door, but received no response. Afterward I waited in the black hallway, shivering with cold and fear, till I heard the poor musician's feeble effort to rise from the floor by the aid of a chair. Believing him just conscious after a fainting fit, I renewed my rapping, at the same time calling out my name reassuringly. I heard Zahn stumble to the window and close both Shutter and Sash, then stumble to the door, which he falteringly unfastened to admit me. This time, his delight at having me present was real.
1: So he closed the fucking curtains before he came in. closed the curtain, yeah. Yeah, some, something not good coming in that window.
0: <laughs> it's he did he did a reverse night before Christmas,
1: because oh, in yeah. the night before threw Christmas open, he threw open tore, the curtain, tore
0: open the shutter, and threw up threw the, sash. Open the
1: sash. Yeah, he did the opposite. And here
0: he did the opposite. Yeah, so it's Santa Claus.
1: It's Santa.
0: Santa Claus. No, I think Santa it's Krampus. I think it's
1: Krampus because we're in. This is a German like dude.
0: It's the three of them, that's why there are three chairs. He's performing a trio between him, Krampus, and Santa Claus, and their threesome just got a little rough.
1: (laughs) It got really intense.
0: (laughs) Yep. Shaking pathetically, the old man forced me into a chair. Wow, he's still feeling a little rambunctious.
1: Yeah, I bet. (laughs) (laughs)
0: The old man forced me into a chair whilst he sank into another, beside which his viol and bow lay carelessly on the floor. He sat for some time, inactive, nodding oddly, but having a paradoxical suggestion of intense and frightened listening. Subsequently, he seemed to be satisfied, and crossing to a chair by the table, wrote a brief note, handed it to me, and returning to the table, where he began to write rapidly and incessantly. The note implored me, in the name of mercy, to wait where I was while he prepared a full account in German of all the marvels and terrors which beset him. I waited, and the dumb man's pencil flew." It was perhaps an hour later, while I still waited, and while the old musician's feverishly written sheets still continued to pile up, that I saw Zahn start as from a hint of a horrible shock. Unmistakably, he was looking at the curtained window and listening shudderingly. Then I half fancied I heard a sound myself though it was not a horrible sound, but rather an exquisitely low and infinitely distant musical note suggesting a player in one of the neighboring houses or in some abode beyond the lofty wall over which I had never been able to look. Upon Zahn, the effect was terrible, for dropping his pencil, suddenly he rose, seized his viol and commenced to rend the night with the wildest playing I had ever heard from his bow, save when listening at the barred door.
1: Oh my god. It would be useless to
0: describe the playing of Eric Zahn on that dreadful night. It was more horrible than anything I had ever overheard, because I could now see the expression of his face and could realize that this time the motive was stark fear. He was trying to make a noise, to ward something off or drown something out. What I could not imagine, awesome though I felt it must be. The playing grew fantastic, delirious, and hysterical, yet kept to the last the qualities of supreme genius which I know this strange old man possessed. I recognized the air. It was a wild Hungarian dance popular in the theaters. Louder and louder, wilder and wilder, mounted the shrieking and whining of that desperate viol. The player was dripping with an uncanny perspiration and twisted like a monkey, always looking frantically at the curtained window. In his frenzied strains, I could almost see shadowy satires and bacchanals dancing and whirling insanely through seething abysses of clouds and smoke and lightning, and then I thought I heard a shriller, steadier note that was not from the viol, a calm, deliberate Purposeful, mocking note from far away in the west.
1: Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
0: At this juncture, the shutter began to rattle in the howling night wind which had sprung up outside as if in answer to the mad playing within. Zahn's screaming viol now outdid itself, emitting sound I had never thought a viol could emit. The shutter rattled more loudly, unfastened, and commenced slamming against the window. Then the glass broke, shiveringly under the persistent impacts, and the chill wind rushed in, making the candles sputter and rustle the sheets of paper on the table where Zahn had begun to write out his horrible secret.
1: Oh no, no, it's going to blow it away, we never know!
0: I looked at Zon and saw that he was past conscious observation. His blue eyes were bulging, glassy, and sightless, and the frantic playing had become a blind, mechanical, unrecognizable orgy that no pen could even suggest.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can't write this shit down. <laughs> nope. It's an unrecognizable orgy.
0: With Santa and Krampus. With
1: Santa and Krampus. We were right. <laughs>
0: A sudden gust, stronger than the others, caught up the manuscript and bore it toward the window. I followed the flying sheets in desperation, but they were gone before I reached the demolished panes. Then I remembered my old wish to gaze from Don't this window—the do only window <laughs> in the Rue d'Ocile from which one might see the slope beyond the wall and the city outspread beneath. It was very dark. But the city's lights always burned, and I expected to see them there amidst the rain and wind. Yet when I looked from the highest of all gable windows, looked while the candles sputtered and the insane viol howled with the night wind, I saw no city spread below and no friendly lights gleamed from remembered streets, but only the blackness of space illimitable. Unimagined space, alive with motion and music and having no semblance of anything on earth. And as I stood there, looking in terror, the wind blew out both the candles in that ancient peaked garret, leaving me in savage and impenetrable darkness with chaos and pandemonium before me, and the demon madness of that night Baying Veal behind me.
1: Demon! I told you there was going to be a fucking <laughs> demon in this story! <laughs> oh my god. Ew, there's like a portal to like another world and it's like yep. demonic and fucked up. Ew! I told him not to look, man. <laughs>
0: Yuck. I staggered back in the dark, without the means of striking a light, crashing against the table, overturning a chair, and finally groping my way to the place where the blackness screamed with shocking music. To save myself and Eric Zahn, I could at least try whatever the powers opposed me. Once I thought some chill thing brushed me, and I screamed. But my scream could not be heard above the hideous viol. Suddenly, out of the blackness, the madly sawing bow struck me, and I knew I was close to the player. I felt ahead, touched the back of Zahn's chair, and then found and shook his shoulder.
1: Oh, no. He did not
0: respond, and still the viol shrieked on without slackening. I moved my hand to his head, whose mechanical nodding I was able to stop, and shouted in his ear that we must both flee from the unknown things of the night. But he neither answered me nor abated the frenzy of his unutterable music, while all through the garret strange currents of wind seemed to dance in the darkness and babble. When my hand touched his ear, I shuddered, though I knew not why. Knew not why till I felt of the still face, the ice-cold, stiffened, unbreathing face whose glassy eyes bulge uselessly into the void, and Ah. then by some miracle finding the door and the large wooden bolt, I plunged wildly away from the glassy-eyed thing in the dark, and from the ghoulish howling of that accursed veal whose fury increased even as I plunged, leaping, floating, flying down those endless stairs through the dark house, racing mindlessly out into the narrow, steep, and ancient street of steps and tottering houses, clattering down steps and over cobbles to the lower streets and the putrid canyon walled river panting across the great dark bridge to the broader healthier streets and boulevards we know all these are terrible impressions that linger with me and I recall that there was no wind and that the moon was out and that all the lights of the city twinkled Despite my most careful searches and investigations, I have never since been able to find the Rue d'Oceal. But I am not wholly sorry, either for this or for the loss in undreamable abysses of the closely written sheets which alone could have explained the music of Eric Zahn. The End
1: Creepy as fuck.
0: <laughs> that was a good one.
1: Oh, I'm like, I have like goosebumps. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Ew. <laughs> See, I think we did solve the mystery of that of that haunted guitar. I think out his window. Out his window,
0: yeah. He would play he was,
1: creepy music and then was, yep. uh, he, the 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 demon portal opened and he bulged out and like fell to his death. Holt still clutching his guitar.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if they'd come in like 10 minutes earlier, he probably would have been dead still playing his guitar. Yeah,
1: still playing, and he would have written it all out on paper, but that all went away because the wind was blowing. It all
0: blew out the window, yeah.
1: Oh, my God, that was fucking great. <laughs>
0: that was a good one. That was a good had, one.
1: Just, uh, it reminded me of something, but I can't, like, place it. There's, like, a, like you don't listen to the music, don't listen to the music. Um it's, like, the music is, like, basically, like, brainwashed, like, basically taking you over, um, uh, oh, 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 it's witchcraft. That's, like, a. Wit- I mean, it's in Hocus oh. Pocus, <laughs> but, like, but, like, that's a common thing, like, sure. like yeah, like, yeah. people hear, like, this demonic, like, you know, voice. Yeah, yeah. it like goes back demonic- to
0: the, the, the sirens.
1: Yeah, the sirens, exactly, yeah. yeah. Who so use
0: their singing to it, drive people crazy, yeah.
1: It, this is, that reminds me a lot of that, like. The something, something out there in the abyss was just like slowly driving this man crazy.
0: Yeah,
1: and he was trying to help this guy not experience it, and he finally wanted to tell his secret because it was gonna like finally. He knew it was like near the end. Oh no! Well, and the
0: the question is, did he write the story because he knew he was near the end, or did the end come because, because he tried he wrote to write the, the, the story.
1: story? Because he tried to tell, yeah.
0: And the demon was like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, we are no. your cross to bear, homeboy. This is
1: this is the pact we made, bitch. <laughs> the devil went down to the Rue de Sal, and uh, we don't tell people about it.
0: <laughs> what happens in Santa orgy stays <laughs> in Santa orgy.
1: I like what happens in the Krampus orgy stays in the Krampus orgy. You know the Krampus orgy gets freaky as fuck, like... <laughs> Santa just wants you to pour chocolate all over him and like sprinkle cookie crumbles and stuff and like eat them off of him. But like Yeah, cuz
0: that's not creepy.
1: <laughs> but the Krampus orgy is like nasty. <laughs> He's like putting things in places that they shouldn't be things and yeah.
0: <laughs> I would argue eating chocolate and sprinkles and cookie dough off of Santa is putting places <laughs> things in places they shouldn't be.
1: Oh, you know Mrs. Claus knows that's how he likes it. <laughs> hey listener
0: um here's what i want to know from you are you team santa orgy or team krampus orgy
1: i mean i feel like one is more into like cute orgy and one is definitely a bdsm orgy (laughs) i guess you can decide which one is which (laughs) and
0: when it's both of them it's cute bdsm
1: cute bdsm <laughs>
0: yeah like the the butt plugs and nipple clamps all have like
1: like furry fur. things like yeah. cute little like pink fur puffs and stuff no, I, 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 please don't Google cute BDSM.
0: <laughs> or do, but or just do like make sure us. you're, you don't
1: do it on your like work computer or like your your like shared tablet. Uh. <laughs> uh,
0: so let us know what you thought of that episode. I thought that story was. Fascinating. Yeah.
1: That was um, freaky and fabulous. Yeah. L-
0: let us let us know what you thought of that one. Um shoot us a message at 5050artsproduction at gmail.com. That's 5050artsproduction at gmail.com. Uh or any of the social medias, Campfire Classics Podcast. Look us up. Shoot us a message. We love hearing from you guys. Uh and send us this week's passcode, which is cute BDSM.
1: Cute BDSM.
0: That yeah. Seems right. Um,
1: I'm glad that the password wasn't uh my uncle's torso guitar <laughs>
0: yeah, or mom's pelvis mom
1: mom's pelvis mom's pelvis bagpipes
0: <laughs> I think you'd have better luck with a stomach
1: yeah well, because you no, need you need but like that's an organ no those just yeah, baby. I know,
0: but you Ew. need you need something that's inflatable Blech. So the bag is made out of stomach and then the pipes are like Our leg hollowed bones. out
1: bones. Yeah. yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Oh no. No, no, no. So,
0: if you enjoyed this episode, <laughs> you're you're you twisted like us.
1: You're twisted um, like we are, and you you have found your people. <laughs>
0: please uh, please review us, like us, subscribe, do all that crap. Um, stars <laughs> are great. Words are better. Um, yeah, that's really all I can stand but saying. But don't write
1: it down in German, because a demon will come and blow it away. <laughs> Most things written in German are taken away by demons.
0: <laughs> Most things written in German result in a demon blowjob? <laughs>
1: Damn! You said you said
0: a demon would come and blow it.
1: That's some shiden. That's some I, I don't think it is.
0: I don't think it demon
1: is. Demon blowjob. I, think. Blow
0: job. I don't, sounds, don't think that's schadenfreude.
1: I bet that's. I think great. that's called envy. <laughs> that's just one of the seven deadly sins, right there. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, lust, sloth, anger, demon, blow demon job. blowjobs, <laughs> gluttony. <laughs> And on that merry little note, until next week, this has been Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf.
1: All I can think now is of a demon blowjob, and I just think it would be really good, actually. (laughs) You know they're up to no good, so you know it's nasty. It is nasty. Nasty. Good night.